Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more and give them a call at the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo. She's in Tallahassee. Be opening the legislative session this morning. We'll find out what's going on. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And we'll visit with Linda Harden, my wife, who writes greetings from paradise. It is January the 11th, and on this day in 1964, on behalf of the United States government, Surgeon General Luther Terry announced a definitive link between smoking and cancer. The link had long been suspected. Anecdotal evidence had always pointed to negative health effects from smoking. And by the 1930s, physicians were noticing an increase in lung cancer cases. The first medical studies that raised serious questions were published in Great Britain in the late 40s. American cigarette companies spent much of the next decade lobbying the government to keep smoking legal and advertising reduced levels of tar and nicotine in their products. 44% of Americans already believed smoking caused cancer by 1958, and a number of medical associations warned that tobacco use was linked to both lung and heart disease. Despite all this, nearly half of Americans smoked, and smoking was common in restaurants, bars, offices, and homes across the country. Dr. Terry commissioned the report in 1962, and two years later he released the findings titled Smoking and Health, which stated a conclusive link between smoking and heart and lung cancer in men. The report also stated that same link uh, was likely due for women, although the women smoked at lower rates and therefore not enough data was available. The news was major but hardly surprising. The New York Times reported the findings saying it could hardly have been otherwise. Still, the Surgeon General's report was a major step in health officials' crusade against smoking. Those smoking companies spent millions and millions and were largely successful in fending off anti-smoking laws until the 1990s. Studies have shown that the report increased the percentage of Americans who believed in the cancer link to 70% and that smoking decreased roughly 11% between 1965 and 1985. Of course, the big winners on all this were the uh, uh, trial lawyers. I read that one firm actually uh, made about $70,000 an hour uh, litigating uh, against the tobacco companies, big tobacco, if you can believe that. But again, uh, no. <laughs> the Surgeon General, of course, we've seen a big change in our society as a result of this study, and the changes have been made. Unfortunately, it was the government that stepped in and made the changes. We probably would have figured this out on our own without the government intervention. Found this quote, which I found inspiring. Aim above morality. Be not simply, uh, be not simply good, but good for something. Doesn't that ring true? That's uh, David Henry Thoreau uh, on Walden Pond, of course. Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin said he's opted to run for a third term for the United States Senate because Democrat lawmakers are governing in a very divisive and destructive manner, he said. 
It was definitely my intention. It was my strong preference, both mine and my wife's, to serve that second term and just go home. I did not anticipate Democrats getting total control of government or them governing in a very divisive and destructive manner that they are governing. I've never walked away from doing difficult things, so I can't walk away. I'm in a position where I think I can help and make a big difference, he continued. The number one thing is we have lost confidence legitimately with the FBI and the Justice Department and their corrupt investiga investigation of Trump, health care agencies and their miserable failure of handling COVID, the media for their most part, big tech giants, people have lost confidence in their institutions and that are vital to a free democracy, he said. In 2016, Johnson promised that he would only serve two terms, but he changed his mind because he did not anticipate Democrats getting total control of government. The bottom line is I just truly love this country. I love the people in it, the folks of Wisconsin, he told the news outlet. Our nation is in trouble. It's been torn apart, and I think I can help the situation, which is why I am deciding to run again. It's a decision I haven't made lightly, the lawmaker wrote. Having already experienced a growing level of vitriol and false attacks, I certainly don't expect better treatment in the future. For my campaign to succeed, I will need the support of every American who values the truth and refuses to allow lies and distortions to prevail. This is really good news. He's one of the good guys. Uh, I doubt seriously the Republican would be elected in Wisconsin if he decided not to run. So I think it's going to help on the political front, but also he's a man of integrity and he's he's fighting the right battles. I'm so pleased to hear that Ron Johnson's decided uh, to run again for the Senate. <clears throat> On the other side, uh, Representative Ed Perlmutter, who's a Democrat from Colorado on Monday, said he would not be seeking re-election, making him the 26th House Democrat to announce plans to leave the House after the current term and putting more strain on the party's ability to keep their slim majority. The 68-year-old has been in Congress representing Colorado's 7th Congressional District since he was first elected in 2006. There have been reports of Democrats struggling to find new candidates to run in some congressional districts. Some members have uh, to run entire, entirely different districts or districts of only a few constituents. Democrats know they have a simple choice, retire or get fired, said Congressional Leadership Fund Communications Director Calvin Moore. Democrats' retirement crisis has come a disaster for epic proportions because they know their failed record will cost them the majority. So uh, I've uh, heard uh, Newt Gingrich is saying there's going to be at least 30 retirements uh, going into the midterm elections from the Democrats. Uh, we can only hope so. Well, the uh, CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, confirmed that overwhelming numbers of deaths over 75 percent occurred in people who have at least four comorbidities. Not one, not two, not three, but four. So these people who are well unwell to begin with. Well, a rare moment of candor from CDC Director Rochelle Walensky. These comments come as questions are being raised about the data collected and parsed by the CDC with concerns about the gap between those who died with COVID as opposed to those who died because of COVID. There have been concerns that these those who died from other causes but also had COVID at the time of death have had their deaths attributed to COVID. Boy, is that true. In fact, I remember, oh, uh, over a year ago, the CDC announced that if people died from COVID, only 6% of the deaths attributed to COVID were from COVID. Uh, the rest were with COVID, like having a motorcycle accident or something like that. But that information has been changed or covered up. 
On Friday, Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor uh, gave false information during oral arguments over the Biden administration's vaccine mandates. Walensky corrected those fa- falsehoods over the weekend. We have hospitals that are almost at full capacity with s- people severely ill on ventilators, said Sotomayor. We have over 100,000 children, she went on, which have never been had before in serious condition, and many on ventilators. So that's just false. Walensky said in some hospitals uh, that we've talked to, up to 40% of the patients who are coming in with COVID are coming in not because they're sick with COVID, but because they're coming in with something else and have had COVID uh, or the Omicron variant detected. Dr. Fauci, uh, Biden's top COVID doctor, made the same assertion as regards to children. As headlines begin to pop, the hospitals were filling up with COVID-positive kids. Fauci said in an interview with MSNBC that if a child goes to the hospital, they automatically get tested for COVID and they get counted as COVID-hospitalized individual when, in fact, they may go in for a broken leg or appendicitis or something like that, he said. So it's overcounting the number of children who are, quote, hospitalized with COVID as opposed to those because of, because of COVID. Walensky said the official numbers assorted between those who died and those who have died from COVID will be forthcoming. Well, let's hope so. A rare moment of candor makes me wonder why are they making this pivot at this time? Is it because the American public is getting fed up with lies? I suspect that might be part of the part of the issue. If you take a look at uh, the book, just read the book, uh, The Real Anthony Fauci by Robert Kennedy Jr., It's well worth the read if you want to really be informed about public health and what's going on right now. Robert Kennedy's, Robert Kennedy Jr.'s, the real Anthony Fauci. Malingering uh, teacher unions continue to clamor for COVID-related school closures. In fact, more than 4,500 schools are closed currently, but at this time they're not getting the same backup they previously got from the Biden administration. Again, back to CDC Director Rochelle Walensky, evinced a little sympathy for school closures. I want to remind people that in the fall of this year we had a Delta surge, and we were able to safely keep our children in school before we had the pediatric vaccination, said Walensky. Fast forward to now, and we have pediatric vaccination. I guess she's trying to make the case for uh, getting kids vaccinated. Walensky is exactly right, and there's even a serious response for her reasoning. When it comes down to it, the people pushing to turn COVID into a never-ending national slumber party events a lack of belief in the efficacy of vaccinations given a less deadly variant of the virus and a more vaccinated population that at any point last year, school closures should be the last thing on anyone's mind. What's more, the risk of COVID into children, like the risk of uh, spread through children, has always been minuscule. The rare rare exceptions, of course, would be children with uh, immunocompromised conditions. Democrats have little choice at this point but to leave the teachers' union behind. They're already hurtling towards an election disaster in the fall. The possible price of betraying their union allies just can't compare to the rage the parents are feel over scientifically unjustifiable school closures and other new proposed pandemic measures. As the American Federation of Children's uh, Corey DeAngelis told the Washington Examiner this weekend, the government schools unions have finally overplayed their hand and awakened a sleeping giant, parents. He's absolutely right. So it turns out that uh, s- schools are uh, 
reporting a 6.4% drop in enrollment since pandemic in Rochester, New York, 10%. Charter school enrollment grew by 7%. Many high schoolers are dropping out of school because if they're not going to go to college, they don't see the reason for sitting in front of a computer. They can go out and get a job for $16 an hour and go get their GED. So uh, right now, this is pretty disastrous for the public school systems, except for here in Florida, of course. We're making good decisions here. So the callous lack of concern and resistance to change by teachers' unions is finally coming home to roost. Their refusal to work so uh, is so stark that even Democrats who have carefully avoided the truth about unions as long as they could are finally forced to deal with the facts. So true. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Higher Senior Resources at the Golden Gate Senior Center goes a long way towards keeping seniors connected in the community and with each other. Serving all of Collier County, the Senior Center provides comprehensive information regarding resources and services that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers, empowering seniors to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Programs are offered free of charge in a safe, welcoming space and focus on fellowship, enrichment and wellness, continuing education and meeting basic needs through offerings such as daily hot lunch, health screenings, and counseling services. So whether you're looking for referrals to services or a vibrant place to make friends, enjoy community support, or learn something new, Collier Senior Resources at the Golden Gate Senior Center is your Collier Senior Center. To learn more about programs and services, please visit CollierSeniorResources.org. That's CollierSeniorResources.org. Or call the Senior Center directly at 239 239- 252-4534. That's 252-3534. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a refreshing new social networking platform. You can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen. Right now, we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo, ready for the first day of the legislative session. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. So uh, this is the first day of the session. Just be interested in getting your thoughts on, uh, number one, what's going to happen today, and number two, uh, what your thoughts might be about the coming session. Well, first of all, today is one of those days that's mainly a pomp and circumstance. Uh, we start with the Senate uh, being called into session by President Simpson, you know, beginning the 60-day journey to uh, uh, signing by, which will be 60 days from today. Um, and then after we uh, gavel out for the day, the House is called into session uh, to do the same thing. It's mainly ceremonial. And then the uh, both chambers will meet in the House chamber because it's the larger chamber, and the, the governor will give his state of the state address. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Yeah, I mean, uh, so you haven't seen a, a, the uh, a copy of the of the address before he gives it. Uh, I have not. I, I, you know, they do publish it. But uh, yesterday was pretty busy for me uh, because people are filing bills. Up, have you know, under our rules, you can file bills up until the. Uh, a session begins, and so yesterday, I think it was 60 bills filed, and I had to read them all and then reference them to committees, and we were really running out of time, so yeah. that's what I did last yesterday. Just want to remind our listeners that next year, uh, provided that, of course, we have a Republican majority, uh, you will be the president of the Senate, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. That's right. So wow. right after the election. So, it, it, so it's a pretty... Uh, uh, <clears throat> Uh, serious responsibility and uh, you know it's starting to uh, come home to me you know as we are concluding uh, President Simpson's last session. Yeah so interesting you know so Mark Levin uh, show uh, the other night featuring our governor Ron DeSantis just so impressive his comments the, yes. the way he thinks about things I mean, he's really he is a star among stars in terms of being a governor for our state. Well, I'm so pleased to see what he's doing and, and, and his leadership. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, it's interesting, too. Uh, yesterday, as I was meeting with people, um, a lot of uh, my colleagues and, and also, um, you know, the lobby corps who have all, over the holidays, a lot of people go out of town. They get, you know, all over the country skiing or, you know, whatever. And without exception, they are all saying that no matter where they go, uh, people say, you're from Florida? You are so lucky. It's free there. And they also noticed how restrictive it is in other states. And um, so many people are saying, I want to move to Florida because, you know, you can actually live in your life there. So it, it, that's kind of an interesting um, thing to hear. And it's, it's pretty much from everybody. It's so interesting. And, and the governor's established these monoclonal antibodies, these centers. In fact, we're going to have one in downtown Naples, as I understand. I'm looking forward to the announcement soon. Sure. And uh, apparently we found uh, some sort of a, a variant on the antibody that addresses the variant Omicron, which is really great news. Yeah. The, the other thing, too, um, and I think people are going to start to realize this more and more, um, the people that are in the hospitals, by and large, that go to the hospital because of uh, they're very ill, 
or people that have not been vaccinated. And then a lot of the other people, I don't know if it was as much as 65 to 75%. And then a, another large portion of people that are in the hospital with COVID went in for something else, you know, whether it's heart issue or surgery or whatever, and they got tested and found out they were positive and didn't know it. So there's a lot of, I think, um, hysteria over this. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm doing the Pollyanna thing, I think, and that is that, you know, the, the um, virus is starting to wane, just like influenza did back uh, when when we had the outbreak so many years ago. And, um, you know, I think this is going to be just something we have to live with. And people are going to get vaccinated like they do for the flu, and uh, we can get back to living a normal life. Well, from your lips to God's ear, I mean, last night, it was so interesting. Uh, the uh, officials, uh, Fauci and uh, Michelle Walensky, Rochelle Walensky, I should say her name is, uh, have kind of tilted their hand and have been, have been more forthcoming with information saying, and she said that uh, 75% of the people in hospitals right now uh, uh, with COVID-19 have uh, four additional comorbidities <laughs> of all things, and that uh, children are very, uh, and Fauci said basically uh, everybody gets a test when they go in the hospital, and uh, most people are listed with COVID-19, even if they don't have it, so that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's about time that there's a recognition that uh, you know this, this is a hysterical response, and and the, the uh, communities and the states that uh, are locking people down again and closing schools are are going to be there are going to be some really serious uh, outcomes if if they don't let people live their lives, and everybody just wants to get back to normal. Well, well, yeah, to your point, uh, the the uh, pandemic uh, is uh, starting to run its course, but I think the uh, pandemic of fear is running its course, too. If people right. are beginning to say, hey, we got other things in their mind, things are more important. We've got inflation, we've got uh, okay. all kinds of problems in our economy, and starting to focus right. elsewhere. Right, right, uh, uh, exactly. So, and, and that's what I see up here. Yeah, so interesting. Well, again, Kathleen Pasadena, our state senator, I'm so grateful for your taking time with us. I know it's a busy day for you. Thank you so much sure. for joining us. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Morton, so we're going to find out what's new with Boo, that, and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples.
Golfshare Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, not only building a new performing arts center in downtown Naples, but bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can find out more and get tickets by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen, right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure. And I, I have to say, Bob, that I'm like most Americans, that I buy a lot of stuff on Amazon. And during the holidays, I thought, I'm shopping more on Amazon than I'm shopping anywhere else, which is kind of shocking. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I'm going to find out some unusual things that a lot of people don't know about Amazon. And I thought I'd share the, uh, them with you as well as the listeners. The first thing is the initial name of the company was going to be called Cadabra, as in Abracadabra. Yeah. But when someone suggested it to Jeff Bezos, he misheard it and thought that they wanted to call it Cadaver. <laughs> that would be a bad start, wouldn't it? <laughs> bad start. So he changed it to Amazon because it used to be that web listings were listed alphabetically, hmm. and he wanted to be at the top of the alphabet. Hmm. So the warehouses, they have more square footage than 700 Madison Square Gardens and can hold more water than 10,000 Olympic pools. Wow. You can bring your dog to Amazon. You can bring your dog to work. So they currently have 6,000 dogs that go to work. Wow. How many employees do they have at Amazon? Do you know? Oh, heavens. That's close to a million. Really? Wow, just unbelievable. I mean, you, you... So I'm going to reduce it to the ridiculous. Amazon makes over $638 million a day Oof. in revenue. So if you do the math, that is $7,000 each second, hmm. $443,000 per minute, and $26 million per hour. Wow. That's jaw-dropping. You know, and they do, they have some magic. I, I don't know how they do this, but you end up getting stuff almost the next day. You end up getting it at no cost for shipping. You pay a good price for the product. I just don't know how they pull it off. It's amazing. It has to be economy of scale. 
Yeah, but you know, yeah. how do you make it make it up <laughs> with volume? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I it just boggles my mind. Yeah, it, on a weekly basis, they make an average of four billion dollars a week. My goodness. Well, you know, this is an appropriate time just to mention uh, we ordered some water it was what it turned out and uh, we received the water or didn't receive it anyhow uh, what what evolved from this whole thing is we finally looked at the bill linda did actually and found that uh, we were being charged a surcharge for uh the delivery it was like twelve dollars twelve extra dollars and we reported it to amazon it was fraudulent basically what they were doing was fraudulent they uh, got rid of the that company as a as an outside vendor point being oh, is that wow. yeah and the point being is that uh, this can't be a single instance of this and we you should always look at uh, the the uh, details of the charge when you get your amazon bill well, I don't get an Amazon bill. I get a bill on my credit card. Right. But don't you get some sort of a transaction? Uh, I, I, I really don't. I mean, Linda uh, noticed this. She's, she's the one that picked it out. But uh, she got something that indicated there was an extra charge there. You don't get, receive something like that? Well, you, I suppose you can go back and look at all your, your bills, your or, what you've ordered, uh-huh. and do that. But I'm, I don't do that. Yeah. Interesting. Well, in any event, more on top of it. it's just so. Have you ever seen a picture of the automation within a, a warehouse at Amazon? You know, no, I have not. But I'll tell you, if they had tourist trips to an Amazon warehouse, I would go. Yeah, it is amazing. I would be fascinated. Yeah, they use every square inch. Uh, within the warehouse, and th- the automation is just unbelievable. The uh, the technology involved in getting products from one place to the other is just absolutely incredible. They have really taken technology to the nth degree at Amazon. Oh, I think it's just amazing. I mean, think about just the, the scale. They own 10% of North American commerce, 10%. Wow. You know who owns another 10%? They split it up. Office Depot, Staples, Apple, Dell, Walmart, Sears own hmm. the other 10%. So that's 20. <clears throat> and that leaves all the other retailers to fight for the remaining 80%. Say, so, did you notice that uh, Bed Bath & Beyond is closing 37 stores? <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sure. Yes, I did. And I did go to uh, Bed Bath & Beyond about two weeks ago. And I used to go there all the time because they used to give you those 20% off coupons. Mm-hmm. Now, it's just too easy to buy it on Amazon. I've become a lazy Amazon user. <laughs> well, uh, it is so convenient. I'm sure there's the, the, the upside for buying online is just so incredible. incredible. You don't have to go anywhere. You can pick it out. You can send it back if you don't like it. Although I think they keep a history of those people that do that too much, but irrespective, the point being is it's so convenient. There's got to be a downside that we're not aware of. I can't think what it would be. I mean, even if there's a hidden cost, it's still worth it because you can buy batteries, (coughs) cases of soda, blankets, toys, clothing, everything. It's one shop, one stop shopping. And the, the, I can't, it'd be interesting to see exactly how many items they actually carry. Yeah. You know, I, I had a uh, 
piece of equipment uh, here in my studio that I needed to replace, and I called my uh, tech guy, and he said, well, look, we'll, we'll do a search on this. I'm not sure how long it's going to take to find this thing, but we'll, we'll find it. We'll find it. It may take a while. We're going to get it for you, but uh, I don't know who stocks it and where we can get it. So just in a lark, I decided to go to Amazon, and I did a search. It took me about three seconds, and voila, there's the piece of equipment. <laughs> on sale no. yeah, on sale and it was delivered like two days later just see that kind of convenience you it's just uh just amazing because i know yeah think of the times that you, you go to a store you know you're looking for something you don't know where to look uh, on the computer you can find it just automatically it's just a, a no-brainer it's it's it, it, i know see that's it we've become and we buy a lot as baby boomers. We right. buy a lot. But we don't buy anywhere near what millennials buy on Amazon. Huh. I think they're the largest demographic uh, users of Amazon. You know, it, It's just jaw-dropping. It is indeed. And the other thing that happened is that they were going to, uh, apparently they have uh, a warehouse in someplace, I think, Nashville, Tennessee, someplace in Alabama. Point being is they wanted to uh, unionize. The unions wanted to unionize the uh, warehouse. The, the uh, workers said, nope, we don't want to do that. We don't want to uh, unionize, which is kind of amazing to me. I agree. And I think that the unions have gone back again and are retrying. You know, they're not going to give up. Right. And uh, I think they're trying. I think they look at Amazon as a uh, juicy morsel in their portfolio. Well, not only that, but it, it is a, a, a nice leader to have if you can go to other companies and say that we just just unionized Amazon. Uh, the unions, of course, are there looking for the revenue that comes in from the workers so they can send it off to the Democrat Party <laughs> to, to get more uh, progressives elected, unfortunately. So, you know, on a side note, unions don't offer too much benefit today. Most employers understand that it's, it's, it's in our interest to make sure that our employees are happy, so they want to make sure not only their customers but their their employees and their shareholders are happy. But the consequence is it's kind of uh, made the unions superfluous and useless. And uh, yet the yeah. unions say, "Hey, we still want that revenue. We want we want you to unionize, and we'll make a lot of promises to our things that we'll do for you." But it many times doesn't materialize. No, look at the teachers' unions. Yeah, I mean that's one union that's stronger than ever. Well, and I, I think that the teachers' unions are single-handedly tanking our schools. Well, I think you're right. I think, though, they're going to pay a price for it because right now the parents are getting fed up. And a lot of the school enrollment, public school enrollment, is going down. I just talked about this earlier on the show. Uh, a lot of kids and more kids are being homeschooled. Uh, this can't last. You can't be paying, have a monopoly paying in, well, we pay over a billion dollars a year here just in Collier County to take care of our schools and end up yeah. with uh, uh, secondary or, or uh, poor results, academic results from the students. It's, there's Something's got to change. Well, I hope it changes sooner rather than later. Me too. Boo Mortensen, it's always interesting and fun to find out what's on your mind. I really appreciate you coming on the show. And thank well, you for the information about Amazon. That's right. The next time you go, you Google Amazon and you buy something, think, wow. Indeed. Thank, thanks again, Boo. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to visit with uh, Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Mm -hmm.
Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government and no one else seems to be doing too much about it. Well, you know, I watched uh, uh, the Mark Levin show this weekend, and the special guest was our governor, Ron DeSantis. Yes. I, I decided as a consequence of watching that interview that uh, he actually is a, created a nice, well, they refer to uh, states as Petri dishes of, uh, of uh, yes. experiments. You know, he's, he's, very, he's very, very good, and he's, he's, he's bold about it. He talks about it. He's got ideas about it, and um, I, I knew him way back when he was a congressman, uh, when I was still up in the D.C. area, and he's a good dude. So, yeah, I'm definitely a fan of, of the governor. Yeah, so there's hope, I guess, is the point. <laughs> it's not Well, oh. the, the problem is he shows up, and he's going to get the – if he becomes president, he's going to get the Donald Trump treatment times 100 because – they actually got some mileage out of Trump because he wasn't very organized. He was kind of disheveled in his thinking and his execution. 
DeSantis isn't and won't be. Right. So he's going to get bla- he's going to get blasted. Uh, you know, as we've already seen. You know, <laughs> as, as as governor, we've already seen that. Well, my hope is that he serves another term and he's our presidential candidate in t- 2028. We've got term limits here in Florida, so he can only serve one more term after this. Oh, one. I want him to run now. You do? I want, no, I don't want. I don't want Trump again. No. You don't. Well, you know, I, I've, no, de- I've, I've decided that it, it doesn't matter who's president on the Republican side. They're going to just have the same behavior. Uh, no, I, I'm not. I'm not pulling the plug on him based on what they're doing. Uh-huh. I'm pulling the plug based on what he did and didn't do. Hmm. He's a. He's a. He's a mess. He's a mess. He's a. He's a. He's completely unfocused. He's disorganized. Um, you know, he, he swerved into some good ideas to run on, and then he executed some of them. But he's just not – no, I don't he's – a, he's a sloppy CEO, and I want somebody who's more organized and understands government better. Well, DeSantis certainly uh, can anticipate which way the – to use a, an analogy, which way the puck is moving, and he does a great job of that. We do have a difference on, on the way we think about Trump, but let's move on to your column, which was so interesting. China's new 115-point plan to ramp up its heist of U.S. IP creation, of course, intellectual property. Maybe you can tell us about it. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, so, so – um I've been writing about this for several years now. Uh, it, speaking of Trump, Trump was the first person to actually make an issue of the decades worth of, of China stealing our intellectual property and our you know, manufacturing sector, amongst other sectors of our economy. Um, and they were stealing the IP. Well, you, know, you, you go over there and you want to manufacture over there. And China would force you to hand over their your, your IP, right? Uh, your patents, your trademarks. Uh, not, not hand over the document, but teach you how to replicate what they're what you've created, what you've made. Well, w- when Trump finally made an issue of all of this, China immediately responded in this very smart way and said, "You know what? We have to move to the next phase. Rather than stealing the IP." We need to steal the IP creators. And while we've been spent a decade of the 2010s making things worse and worse and worse for IP creators here in the United States, China, especially after Trump came into office, really started ramping up, making their look. They're trying to do to the IP sector what they did to the manufacturing sector. Yep which is suck all of it out of the United States, move it to China, and hollow us out. Right. And they really started ramping that up when Trump came in because, of course, as, as we know, no, you know, virtually I was, but no one was talking about the unfair trade practices, the IP theft, the, you know, none of that. Was it, it, was, it was against both parties in Washington because both parties were getting rich off selling us out. And then Trump parachutes in, and all of a sudden, everyone is forced to admit that the emperor is naked. <laughs> you know, oh, oh, yes, absolutely. China's IP sets is terrible, and yeah. uh, their trade practices are awful. And you know, but that's all because of Trump. Well, rather than the verbiage shifting in China, policy shifted, and they've started creating all of these bolsters of IP creation. You know, in, in the in the in their country. I mean. 
You're talking about all three branches of what represents their government. Yeah. The executive branch is tightening up. The legislative branch is tightening up. The judiciary is tightening up. Uh, this 115-point plan is very comprehensive, and all of it aimed in the same direction, which is, hey, come here to China, make, invent your stuff here, and we'll protect it and you. Yeah. In the meantime, in, in the meantime, laws. we're weakening yeah. we're we're weakening our efforts under the Biden administration. So, I mean, the, the, Trump, I think, was holding his ground with regard to actually protecting patents more than the previous president. Not in this no, case. No, no, he made no, no. The, the, in 2011, we passed the we had the same basic patent system for 200 years mm-hmm. until 2011. And basically, what you did was you kept copious notes of your development process, of your, of, your, of your invention. And when you went to file for a patent, you turned in your notes, and there was no one else that had notes on this, so you got your patent and everything was cool. Well, in 2011, in bipartisan, stupid fashion, the, uh, D.C. passed the America Invents Act at the behest of big tech. And basically what it did was it changed from first it, it changed the it fundamentally transformed the, the patent system and it made it much easier both to steal the patents at the outset deny the patents at the appro- approval process and created this awful PTAB board the patent trial and appeal board where big tech companies can file dozens of slightly differently worded charges challenging the patent that the patent office, by the way, had just issued. And now the patent office, via the PTAB board, can kill the patents they just issued. And Big Tech is constant. I mean, the, the judges constantly roll. It's a revolving door between PTAB judge and lawyers for big tech firms. And back and forth they go. And the, the rulings are overwhelmingly against the small inventor and for the big tech companies uh, because they just overwhelm them with, with appeals and the, and the little inventor can't afford to fight, fight them. A lot of the time they just have to cede their patents and say we can't defend this yeah. in, in, the, in the PTAB court. So we've been undermining and we've been doing this since 2011. And so while China was watching us cut the throats of IP creators – they made them. They made a warm and safe environment for for them to move to, as we made it less and less attractive to be here. So interesting. I'd encourage our listeners to go to lessgovernment.org, and uh, just check out China's new 115-point plan to ramp up its heist of U.S. IP creation. So interesting. See, you got your finger on something that's really critical to our success and future. Really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. And by the way, the website is lessgovernment.org. You can visit Less Government on Facebook as well. All right, coming up, Linda Harden, author of Greetings from Paradise. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and I hope you'll check out the website, thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden. She is my wife. She's uh, also the author of a terrific uh, periodic newsletter that she releases. It's called uh, Greetings from Paradise. She's also extremely knowledgeable of what's happening around the world. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. It's going to be a very interesting day today. So why is that? Uh, well, um, Dr. Anthony Fauci, flip-flop Fauci, is going to be testifying on Capitol Hill today, and he's going to have a lot of questions to answer. I hope Rand Paul is one of the ones who's questioning him, or maybe Jim Jordan. I don't know who, but it's going to be very interesting. Or Ron Johnson. Or Ron Johnson. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's so interesting. I wonder what committee he's uh, testifying in front of, but the point is he's starting to do a pivot. Now he's doing releases to say, well, you know, it's kids uh, don't, don't you know, we, we uh, admit people to the hospital, but sometimes they, they're called with COVID-19, but it's it's really not from COVID-19. Wait, by the way, it's not Fauci who's pivoting now. It's the, the CDC. The CDC, Rochelle Walensky, who's yeah. the director of the CDC, who are they are saying, well, she's really bad at communications, you think? Yeah. She can't keep her story straight for five minutes, yeah. even when pressed. I, I mean, guess my point. I guess my point is, I'm beginning to see maybe there's some collusion. They're starting to pivot a little bit because they, hey, you know what? 
I don't think the American public is buying what we're selling right now. We better change our tune. Why could that be? Because yeah. all of the vaccinated people are getting COVID for starters. Yeah. And and the fact that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine has been demonized by Fauci and the CDC when in fact um, that stuff works. Yeah. And which brings me to what we talked about off air, was, which was the revelation by Project Veritas last night of the secret documents that they discovered in the Department of Defense, which, which um, proves that Fauci lied. You know, I, I haven't seen that. I know it's an important release. I guess it came out yesterday. It came out late last night. It was supposed to come out at 8 o'clock, and everybody on social media was going, where is it, where is it? Because James O'Keefe was touting it for, for um, since last week, saying, we've got some stuff that shows Fauci lied. Yeah. And so um, it didn't come out until like 9.30. So can you tell us about it? What, what's what's in contained there? Well, there's secret documents from the Department of Defense um, uh, basically saying that, that Fauci lied when he said that the government of the United States had nothing to do with Wuhan and, and the chain, gain of function uh, when, when there are documents that said, yes, we did. So they actually have documents uh, from Fauci from the, from, the the, from the Department of Defense. From the Department of Defense, the, but it, it just basically ties Fauci to the Wuhan lab and to... Uh, pretty uh, much. Yeah. Pretty much. And, and, and it says that um, they covered up the fact that ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine worked. I mean, it just says what, what Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has been saying um, all along. But this, these are official Department of Defense documents yeah i just can't underscore how important it is for our listeners if you really want to understand what's going on robert kennedy jr has written a, fa a fantastic expose of this entire pandemic and uh he footnotes so it's in great detail and it's not opinion it is fact it's fact-based it's called the real anthony fauci and it's not just about anthony fauci it's about everything that's going on with uh, uh De bill gates and with uh you know, the plan for the pandemic, <laughs> there definitely was a plan to pull off this pandemic. So it's a, just a must read, I think, for anybody who wants to be informed about what's really happening. Well, just, I mean, Fauci has so, many, so much blood on his hands right now. I mean, the fact that he, that he um, put aside that he demonized hydroxychloroquine and all that when it could, in order for the vaccines to be pushed. And, and so he could have money in his pocket. So Gates could have money in his pocket. It's, it's, it's evil. It's criminal. It's yeah. just evil. And he's and got blood on his hands. Over 500,000 people that could have been saved by this stuff. See, that's what uh, we, we both watched Mark Levin's show on Sunday and saw our governor, and he was talking about therapeutics. He's talking about things that should be available to our citizens but just aren't, and he, he wants that to be our focus. He wants to keep people well and out of the hospital. So uh, people, you know, if they do get COVID, uh, they, there's uh, alternatives like the antibodies that uh, which are which Biden is withholding. And oh, by the way, um, this this feckless person who's living at the White House is doing everything he can. Not to, speaking of pivoting and pivoting, but but he's doing everything he can to divide people by saying this is this is a um, pandemic of the unvaccinated when. Thousands and thousands of people mm -hmm. who have been vaccinated one, two, three times with a booster are getting sick. I mean, really sick, maybe even dying because of, of these vaccine, vaccines. And, and yet Joe Biden keeps pushing them and pushing them. When, when is someone going to uh, 
handcuff that guy and drag him off to jail for crimes against humanity. So the, I'm sure you saw the study. I saw the study of that in 194 countries, I think it was, 164 145. countries. 145 countries that uh, show that people who have been vaccinated actually have greater exposure and risk towards uh, the pandemic and Omicron than those that have not been vaccinated. That is just a shocking information. You know what's interesting, too, about this is that is that the media is being shown for the fear-mongering uh, uh, organizations that they are because all this stuff is coming out. I, I remember um, when I saw the CDC document back in September of 2020, CDC quietly admitted mm-hmm. that six only 6%, while every death is, is a tragedy, only 6% of the ten, hundreds of thousands of deaths that CNN... Fox, all these TV stations were saying all these people are dying mm-hmm. when none of the, only 6% of that were due directly to the coronavirus. Well, if you read the last chapter of Robert Kennedy's book, you'll understand that this has all been planned. And, you know, you start uh, publishing the metrics like they did of uh, and, and only allow testing that are in public places so that uh, they can have the results and uh, share the results with the public. They didn't do that with the flu. They don't do that with heart disease. They don't do that with lung cancer. So it's just really shocking that this has all been used against the American people. Right. And and, uh, I'm sure it's not the last time. I'm sure they're going to take this information now, review it, and figure out now how can we use this to uh, control the American people. It's a pandemic is what it amounts to. Well, and it's a pandemic where the... the, um pharmaceutical company and the medical community are all into it. I mean, I was listening to, I don't remember what the other day, where it said that, 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 there, are, that there are doctors and doctors' organizations that if they, if they go against the, uh, the narrative pushed by Fauci and, and NIH and CDC, whatever, they're threatened. Yeah. They're threatened with, with, their, with their funding being pulled, with their licenses being pulled. I mean, it's, it's, right now it's a brave physician these days who will actually speak out. And thank the Lord, we've got physicians out there like Dr. Malone, um, Peter McCullough, um, the frontline doctors who are actually um, getting, getting demonized by social media. They're getting censored as yeah. fast as they can because they're, sp- they're speaking the truth. Well, and I, I talked to a doctor. I'm going to leave him nameless, obviously, because I appreciate his sharing this information. He said, you know, if you start doing things like prescribing inter- uh, ivermectin, uh, hydroxychloroquine, and so forth, you could actually uh, lose your malpractice insurance, he said. Can you imagine that? The collusion. Wait. That, I, talk that, about evil. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's really, really... Scary. I mean, I went to the dentist's office yesterday to talk about fear, fear mongering, and and I walk in and here it is. This Omicron, which is, it's like the flu. It's less. It's it's le- it's it's um, it's catchy. It's it it people can it's catch it, contagious, but contagious. It, but it's not contagious. Uh, really, thank you. And and it's it's just not a big deal. Yeah. And and she's shouting at me. Where are you? You better wear a mask. You need a mask. Do you have a mask with you, or do you need one? And what a terrorist. I mean, it just get away from me. I said, I'm not wearing a mask because I can't breathe. It'll cause bacterial pneumonia and get away from me. Yeah. That's I, said, I, I said, do you want me to walk out of here? She yeah. says, well, you need to wear a mask. I said, no, I don't. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just these people are trying to amp all this stuff up and... and they don't. They don't even bother to figure out what's real. I think the American people have had it. I think we want to move on. The pandemic of fear is winding down, and the consequence is that we'll, we'll begin to see a different, uh, a different response to this from our uh, elected leaders. 
Linda, I always appreciate your commentary on the show. I, I never have enough time. We need more time. Well, mm-hmm. that's that's a good interview when you when you have more to talk about than you got time to do. Is that it? it? That's it. So, okay. thank you so much for joining You're us. You're welcome. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to visit with Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato Institute. We'll also visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, and Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of many, many books. Beyond uh, Footsteps and Flagpoles and Footprints is his latest book he co-wrote with uh, Buzz Aldrin. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. By the way, I apologize for... Uh, some of the differences and difficulties you may be having with the sound, but uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to operate this new equipment. In any event, I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.